We are on the Gemara on Tezayin Amid Beis, 16b3 in the Artsville Gemara. Again, we just, uh, the Mishnah that we had, set, we had a big dis- big dispute from, for the last generations, this is the first dispute that was uh, ever happened with regards to the oral Torah and uh, between uh, great Torah scholars, which is a question of whether you are allowed to do smicha, whether you're part of the... Um, Part of the process for the korban, for the sacrifice, before you slaughter the sacrifice, is that the owner of that uh, offering pushes his hands onto the animal and either mentions uh, vidui, the confessions, if it's a sin offering, or praise. There's a question whether or not you're allowed to do that on yantiv. So we'll explain there are two different reasons that are given as to why, what the dispute is about, which we will get to in the Gemara now. But one of the people, before we get there, the one of the people mentioned in the Mishnah was Hillel and Menachem. It says Hillel and Menachem. They didn't argue. Menachem left, and then Shammai came in, and then Shammai argued with Hillel as to whether or not you're allowed to do this form of smicha, this pushing onto the animal with force on Yantiv. So the Gemara asks Lehechan Yatza. It says Menachem left. So where did where did Menachem go? So Abaye Amar Yatza Tarbis Ra. Abaye says that he went out to join Tarbis Ra. The same language is used with regards to Acher that. Essentially, that he he left uh, seemingly that he he left religion. We'll see that this might not be true, but that's what Abai says right now. Rava Amar Rava says no. He left to serve the king. And there's a Bryce in support of this. And that Menachem left the Sanhedrin. It means that he left the Sanhedrin, the Supreme Court, in order to join. Join politics to, to help out the king, and eighty he had eighty pairs of disciples of students that went with him, dressed in the royal garb that they all that they went with him to to serve in the government in some form. And some explain that that's what it means also by Abaya. Abaya and Rava not arguing. It's not that one said that he left, meaning he left the Supreme Court to not follow in the religion, and Rava says that he left the Supreme Court to take on a, uh, a position in politics. What it means is that that by leaving to go enter into politics, so. That reduced his role as a Talmud, as a Torah scholar, as a Talmudic scholar. That he uh, he left politics, and therefore it reduced his role. It reduced his his knowledge. He wasn't on the same level as everybody else on the Supreme Court. Okay, that's just the, that short discussion. The Gemara now is going to get into this law of smicha of pushing on to the animal uh, uh, before you slaughter the animal for an offering. On Yantiv. <coughs> and we're going to see that there are two potential reasons, at least two potential reasons, as to why you should do it, you shouldn't do it. What is the dispute about? One explanation is that the smicha, the korban on Yantiv, the sacrifice on Yantiv, is an obligatory korban. It's an, it's an obligation to bring on Yantiv. The Chagiga, this is what we, we discussed in the first chapter. The Chagiga, the Olas Re'iyah. So there's a, there's a discussion that maybe the idea of doing this smicha does only applies to a voluntary korban, to a voluntary sacrifice, but not to an obligatory one. And so therefore, the opinion that says that you shouldn't do smicha and yantiv is essentially saying that the reason why you shouldn't do it is because there's no obligation to do it because it's only for voluntary offerings, not for the obligatory offering which we have on yantiv. So that is one explanation which is found in a different tractate. Our Gemara is essentially going to conclude and with an opinion that says that no, they're arguing about something else. So that's the introduction, and now let's see let's see how the Gemara gets there. Well, and we'll explain what that other option is. 
So Amr of Shem and Bar Abba, Amr of Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan says, do not let a negative, sorry, do not let a rabbinic prohibition seem minor to you. Don't take it as something which is, ah, it's only a rabbinic prohibition, I don't have to keep it, I don't have to be concerned for it. No, you have to be very concerned for it. Why? The whole prohibition of smicha anyantiv is a rabbinic prohibition, meaning there's another reason why we should not allow smicha. Forget about the dispute that we just mentioned that whether it applies to voluntary or obligatory offering, there's a separate issue with smicha. Smicha, there's we mentioned this in the last recording that you're not allowed to use animals. You're not you're not allowed to to uh, to push animals to be involved with animals. That's part of the broader rabbinic prohibition of not riding on animals because that's also going to lead to various biblical prohibitions. It has the potential to lead to various biblical prohibitions. So you're not even allowed to get involved in using animals in any way. And that's all rabbinic prohibition. And this. This dispute as to whether or not you're allowed to do this act of smicha, of leaning onto the animal, on yantiv, that is all discussing a rabbinic prohibition. And we have, he says, the greatest of the generations, this was the first dispute, they had a discussion about this from generation to generation, they took this very seriously. So we see from here that you have to take rabbinic prohibitions very seriously. So the Gemara asks, Pshita, this is obvious, this is obvious that we're only discussing a rabbinic prohibition here. So why is Rabbi Yochanan emphasizing the idea that you have to take it seriously? This is obvious. What, what's, what's Rabbi Yochanan coming to add? So the Gemara answer is no. Shavuos mitzvah itzrichalei. We need it. Rabbi Yochanan is coming to tell us that even in the context of a mitzvah, where we're doing this for the purpose of a mitzvah, we still have to take the rabbinic prohibition very seriously, that we cannot perform the mitzvah of leaning onto the animal before you slaughter that animal for the sacrifice, even that you... Uh, you have to be concerned with. So the Gemara asks, Hanami Pshita, but that's also obvious. Obviously, that's the context that we're discussing here. What really is Rabbi Yochanan trying to get at? So the Gemara answers, ah, oh, this is what Rabbi Yochanan is trying to get at. To say that Rabbi Yochanan is here coming to teach us that don't think that the dispute of the Mishnah is about whether or not we need smicha altogether when it comes to an obligatory sacrifice, as we mentioned before. That is not what the argument is about. What the argument is about because that, that's on a, on a biblical level, whether it requires uh, a, 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 an offering which is obligatory, not a voluntary offering, whether that requires smicha to lean on the animal or not, that's on a biblical level. Rabbi Yochanan is saying that's not what they're arguing about. Everyone agrees that you need smicha here. Everyone agrees that you need to lean on the animal. What they're arguing about is kamash malan, bishvosu dupligi. Rabbi Yochanan is coming to teach us that the dispute in the Mishnah, the machlokas in the Mishnah, is about whether... Will ha- will have this rabbinic prohibition to say that you are not allowed to. This rabbinic prohibition will override the mitzvah to lean on the uh, on the animal. That you're not allowed to lean on the animal because there's a rabbinic prohibition to use animals, to move animals, to to uh, to use animals on on yantiv, which is which would be to say that we cannot use smicha would mean that this rabbinic prohibition overrides a biblical mitzvah. And the reason for that, we, you could exp- there are various reasons as to why this is. In general, rabbinic prohibitions would not override a biblical mitzvah. But over here, there are different reasons why maybe we would tell you that you could do it. Uh, one suggestion is you could do it. You know, who says you have to do it on Yantiv? Even if the sacrifice is brought on Yantiv and they slaughter on Yantiv, maybe you could do it from before Yantiv, before the holiday. Uh, so there are various reasons as to why we allow a rabbinic prohibition to override a mitzvah a biblical mitzvah in this scenario, but that's what Rabbi Yochanan is coming to teach us. Rabbi Yochanan is coming to teach us that the whole dispute here is about whether or not we'll, 
will have this rabbinic prohibition in this within this context. As opposed to the understanding of the dispute being about whether or not, even on a biblical level, we will require of smicha, of leaning on the animal, when it comes to obligatory uh, sacrifices. Now the Gemara discusses and it says, Amar Rami Barchama. Rami Barchama says, from the fact that Rabbi Yochanan said this, Shma smicha b'chol He says that the fact that Rabbi Yochanan said that there's a rabbinic prohibition here, or there's a potentially a rabbinic prohibition here, that's what the dispute is about, to do smicha, that shows us that smicha you have to do, when you lean, you have to lean with all of your strength. Because the rabbinic prohibition is to use the animal in a, in a you know, you're moving the animal. Because if you don't need to use all your strength, so then my COVID, what's the problem? What's the, there's no rabbinic prohibition to do smicha, to lean on the animal, if you don't have to lean with all of your strength. Lismoch, just lean on the animal, do it without pressing down, and then you'll avoid the rabbinic prohibition, you'll fulfill the mitzvah, and we're done. That's fine. The fact that Rabbi Yochanan says that you violate the rabbinic prohibition here must mean that when we do smicha, when we have to lean, we have to lean with all of our force. Okay, that's what they prove from the statement of Rabbi Yochanan. We're now moving on to 16b4 in the art school, and the Gemara now is going to question that. We just said that according to Rabbi Yochanan, you have to lean with full force, and that's why there's a potential for rabbinic prohibition here. We're going to quote a brysa, a brysa is going to, to imply that you do not have to lean with all of your force in order to to, to fulfill the mitzvah of, of uh, smicha, of leaning on the animal. So again, what we're going to be discussing here is whether or not there is an obligation to lean with all of your force onto the animal to fulfill the mitzvah of smicha, of leaning. We proved, for, we proved from Rabbi Yochanan that he was of the opinion that you do have to do with all your force, which is why there's a rabbinic prohibition on Yantiv on the holidays. The Bryson now is going to prove to us the other way, or seemingly prove to us the other way. Mesave. So they challenge this conclusion from the following Bryson. The Bryson says, it says, speak to the, to the sons, specifically, of Israel, that they should lean his hands on the head of the offering. And they say, they make a drusha, that there's a, there's a they, they learn from this verse, B'nai Israel, it says specifically to the sons, to the males, of but the women do not perform this mitzvah of smicha, of leaning on the animal when they bring their own sacrifices. And that's the first opinion. The first opinion says that not only um, are, they, are they not required of it, but they, they, they're not allowed to do it. They, the, the drasha, the verse is specifically teaching us that their women do, do not do this mitzvah, men do do this mitzvah. The second opinion says, They are allowed to do it. The daughters, they're not obligated to do it. Men are obligated to do it. Women, they have the option of doing it. So, the Gemara is going to try to explain the second opinion, but just to explain the first opinion, why would women not be allowed to, even if they're not obligated, let them just do it anyways. So, there's, there's a counter-pressure here. So, even though uh, men are obligated, but if you're not obligated, there's a counter-pressure here because we say that when you have animals that are designated for the base of Migdash, for the temple, for holiness, there's a prohibition to use the animal. You're not allowed to use the animal if there's for no reason. If, there, if you're not obligated to use the animal, to sacrifice the animal, to bring it on the altar, to perform the, all the actions that are necessary for the offering, if you do something else, that itself is a violation. You are not, you are misusing that which is holy. The animal is holy. It was designated for holiness. So for even for you to push the animal, to lean on the animal, that would be using the animal in, an, in, a, in, in, in a context where you're not obligated to do so. Men are obligated to do so. Women are not obligated to do so. 
So it's because they're not obligated to do so, so then if they were to push on the animal, to lean onto the animal, so then not only is it something which is they're not obligated to do, but it's really, it has a counterpressure because you are misusing that which is holy. You're using it for something, for a non-holy purpose because they're not obligated in it. And so that's why the first opinion says that not only are they not obligated, but it's also they're not allowed to. It's not even an option for women to do it because of that counterpressure. The second opinion says, no, they are allowed to do it. They're not obligated, but they're allowed to do it. The question is why? But we got there. First it says, the Gemara says, Amr Abiyosi, Abiyosi says, who is of the second opinion, Sakli Abba Lazar, Abba Lazar told me, they record a story that one time they had a offering, and they remember bringing it to the Ezra's Nashim, to the women's courtyard. The women had their own courtyard. And the women would perform this mitzvah of smicha, of leaning onto the animal. Not because they're obligated. Why do they do this? Because even though women aren't obligated, but it was there to give nachas ruach, to give satisfaction to women, that even though they're, they're not obligated, we, we seem, it seems from this Gemara, we encourage them to perform this mitzvah of smicha. We allow them to perform this mitzvah of smicha, even though they're not obligated, but they are able to do it as a rishus, as an option. We let them do it, even though they're not obligated. So the Gemara now says, well, what, what happened? Didn't we... Uh, didn't we say, mention for the first opinion that the reason why they're not allowed to do it is because there's this counter pressure that they're going to be misusing an animal. So the Gemara says, So they're saying that if you're actually doing smicha with all of your might, that you're leaning onto the animal with all of your might, are we really going to allow women to perform this? They're not obligated. It's, it's just a rishos. They have the permission. Are we really going to give them permission if they have to, if they have to push onto the animal with all their might? So then... Uh, so then, um, so then they're they're violating and they're, they're they're misusing that which is holy. So the Gemara says must be the fact that the second opinion allows them to do this must be that they're leaning not with all their might that they're just they're they're touching upon the animal but not with all their might and then it's not a violation of misusing the animal because they're not using their full force. It, it shouldn't be a problem. So the conclusion seems to be that we see from the second opinion that when it comes to the mitzvah of smicha, you do not have to push with all of your might. That is a contradiction to to the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan that we just mentioned, who said that there's a rabbinic prohibition to do it on Yantiv because you're, you, you're pushing with all of your might. So should in order to fulfill this mitzvah of smicha, do you have to push with all of your might or do you not have to? It seems to imply that we have the second opinion that says that we allow women or we even encourage women to perform this mitzvah, even though they're not obligated in it, shows us that they're not pushing with all of their might, because if they were to push with all of their might, so then they would uh, violate kudshim, that they would be misusing holy holy property. So this, so it seems to imply that they're pushing with all their might, that they don't, they do not, sorry, they do not have to push with all their might. What, just parenthetically, what would the first opinion hold? The first opinion seems to hold that it's true, they, they don't have to push with all their might, but they're concerned that um, that they will. Perhaps that they that they they will push with all their might. That uh, mistakenly they'll they'll do something where they're misusing uh, a holy property, the animal which is designated for kedusha. Or maybe their opinion is that you do have to push it with all of your might. That exactly is the, what the dispute is about. So you have to analyze what is what does the first opinion hold. But the Gemara at this stage of the Gemara, but the, so the Gemara really says because we have this contradiction between Rabbi Yochanan and this Brisa as to whether you have to push with all your might or not, so the Gemara rejects it and says, Really, Rabbi Yochanan's right. 
Rabbi Yochanan says that you have to push with all of your might. That's why there's a rabbinic prohibition to do so, or potentially a rabbinic prohibition to do so on Yantin. That there is a, there's a, the, you have to push with all of your might. Ah, but when we told the women to do this, we told the women to just rest their hands. Meaning, the women cannot push with all their might because that would be, since they're not obligated in this mitzvah, it would be, there's a counter pressure to misuse kachim, to misuse uh, holy property, and these animals are kachim. So we tell them just to rest their hands, meaning they're not even performing the actual mitzvah. The actual mitzvah is to push with all your might. We're just allowing them to do something, a minimal amount, which is not even the mitzvah itself. The mitzvah itself is to push with all their might. We tell them just to push a little bit, just to give them some sense of the satisfaction of also being involved in the mitzvah, even though they're not really performing the mitzvah at all. So the Gemara asks, if that's the case, so then why does the Brisa say that we do this uh, to give them nachas ruach, not because they're not required. It, don't give me the reason is because the, the, they're not required to, to, to lean on the animal. Typically, the animal is We should say the reason why the second opinion allows women to do this is not because um, it's, it's, they have permission to do it. It's that they're not even doing the mitzvah at all. It's like they're doing, in the end of the day, what they're doing is not a mitzvah at all. They're just, they're, they're not even fulfilling a, a, a rishus, a, a voluntary performance of the mitzvah because the mitzvah is to push on the animal with all of your might and they're not doing that we're telling them just to, to rest their hands on the animal so that they don't violate uh, the prohibition to misuse kachim to misuse that which is holy so why do why does the brisa say that it's a rishus for them that it's just voluntary for them they're not doing anything so says it's telling us two things first of all women are not obligated in the mitzvah of smicha of of um, leaning onto the animal. And second of all, oh, and second of all, we want to give women at least some connection to the to the korbanos on the same le- uh, as the same thing that, that men do. And so therefore we'll allow them not to do exactly the same thing. They won't push hard because that's a has a counter pressure, but we'll allow them just to rest their hands onto the animal. Okay, that is the conclusion of that part of the Gemara. The Gemara now has a few more lines till the next Mishnah. Amr Papa. Papa says, Shema Mino, we learned from Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan was of the opinion that um, that there's a you, you push with all of your might. And that seems to be the conclusion of the Gemara. That's Stadim Masurin. And Rabbi Yochanan said that you're also you're not allowed to do this on Yantiv or on Shabbos. So he seemed, we can see from Rabbi Yochanan that not only is it forbidden to use the animal on the main part of the animal, main part of that which you use the animal, there's a discussion in a different tractate, are you allowed to use on Shabbos and on Yantiv on the holidays? Uh, even the sides of the animal, which are not normally used. It seems to imply that the sides are also forbidden. If you're going to tell me that the sides are allowed, so why do you have to lean on the main part of the animal? So just perform the smicha, lean on the head of the animal. And if that's really allowed, the head is viewed as the side of the animal. It's not the main part that we use for the animal. So then that should imply, so then we should do that. So it must imply that even on the side is also forbidden. And so therefore, it's not just the main part of the animal which is forbidden. Even the sides are forbidden. And therefore, that's why you cannot lean on the head, even on Yantiv, according to those opinions. So let's just move on to 17a1 for one last line. So that's the suggestion. Ravashi Ravashi argues and says, no, you could still say that the side of the animal is allowed, even though the middle, the main part of the animal which is used is not allowed. Parts of the animal which are uh, not often used Maybe you are allowed to move those, to push those around on Yantav or on Shabbos. But the head is different. The mitzvah is really to, to perform this mitzvah. Um, but the head, whatever is on the level with its back 
is treated as its back. It's not viewed as the side. When we said when we want to do it on the head or on other parts of the side of the back of the animal, which is where you're supposed to do it, that is equivalent to the actual back of the animal. That's not viewed as something which is sadi, which is secondary. And so therefore, wherever you're going to do smicha, wherever the mitzvah of smicha is on the animal, that is viewed as an essential part of the animal. So you cannot prove, says Ravashi, uh, whether or not it's allowed to do, uh, whether this prohibition applies to the secondary parts of the animal, because wherever you're doing smicha is really an essential part. The first opinion disagreed, but the Ravashi says that you cannot prove that the tzadim, that the side parts of the animal are a part of this prohibition not to use the animal on Shabbos or on Yantam.